0: The newest console generation is here. Maybe you're waiting for Christmas or maybe you already have your monolithic Xbox Series X or pseudo-futuristic PlayStation 5 sitting comfortably at the side of your TV marking the commencement of the ninth generation of consoles. It is truly the talking point of the year as gamers dissect the possibilities of next-gen tech from internal SSD storage to the much-touted haptic feedback of the DualSense controller. Yet before you go trading in, selling or stuffing your old consoles away, I wanted to look back over the last seven years to pick apart the good, the bad and the ugly of the Xbox One and PS4 era. And I couldn't do that alone, so with me I brought a host of young games journalists and enthusiasts. Hi, my name is Doreni Williams. You can call me Mischief. My name's Sanjeev Man.
1: My name is Ash. Hiya. My name's
0: Darin. And together, we're going to discuss the best games, biggest mishaps and what represents the 8th generation of consoles? I'm Aaron Bain, and this is Talking Games with Bain. The year is 2013, and the dreaded console war is firing in all cylinders. The endless competition between Microsoft's Xbox and Sony's PlayStation has been an overused headline for as long as the two companies have been competing. Yet while the coverage of said console war is often exaggerated, it is rooted in the question all gamers ask themselves at the start of each generation, PlayStation or Xbox. For myself and a lot of gamers, that question was swiftly answered with the PlayStation 4, a console I was immeasurably excited about, being the first console launch I was a part of as a latecomer to both the Xbox 360 and PS3. That sentiment, however, didn't carry through to everyone.
2: No, I didn't buy any of them. On on launch there was nothing there was nothing there there was nothing there and it's the same for this up-and-coming generation there's just nothing there
1: I didn't buy the PS4 immediately it was like a little while after when I kind of thought okay now it's time to upgrade it wasn't this thing where I was like oh I must have it because it's got so much so many new features I can't picture in my mind when
3: like what was happening at the time and the kind of build up to it I just remember the actual launch date of, well, the Xbox One specifically.
1: I'm going to go out and say that the PS3 was the perfect console. And the reason I say that is because it was so future-proof. They had really thought of everything. I can remember, in maybe 2016, my partner and I at the time bought a 3D television and you could just pop a 3D disc in your PS3 and it was ready to go. And that blew my mind because it just felt like the PS3 came out like about almost 10 years before that. And it was prepared for like that technology.
4: Yeah, I was looking forward to. It. I always played PlayStation. I was never, uh, never played Xbox. So I had the PS1, PS2, PS3. So I actually got it. I think a week after release.
1: When the PS4 was coming out, I was excited because obviously there was like a few things that I could see were a definite upgrade. But in reality, the PS3 had already sort of like built in so much that it gave
0: it longevity. Much like we are facing today with the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5, the prospect of next-gen can be a mixture of raw excitement and tempered expectations. Each console sported new technology, but as we make these incremental advancements, we stray further away from that truly next-gen jump that gamers had seen with the transition from 2D to 3D. In 2013, we were exiting a generation that had normalised online play, so moving from a 360 and PS3 to Xbox One and PS4, it was intriguing to see how this generation could advance whilst managing our expectations of that advancement
2: it was all about graphical fidelity it was all about image from from the aaa games in terms of how good games can look i had the expectation that it was just gonna keep progressing and it did yeah when you're that
4: age you're just like all oh, the graphics So that's kind of what you're looking forward to.
1: I think at the time, I expected virtual reality to take off a bit more than it actually did. At that point in time in history, you know, they were excited about Google Glass and stuff, which totally doesn't even exist anymore because there was no market (laughs) for it. But I think there was like a few sort of um, things like that, and certainly VR, that i really felt like okay this is the next step
3: other than the obvious things though like you know graphics and gameplay evolving and you know that kind of thing it was just uh, i was looking for a good ui and and better social features scrolling down the activity feed and stuff like i sometimes do that just to see what games people are playing uh what trophies they get like i'm curious that way i kind of wanted something that felt more like it was more technical and i feel like we got that with the ps4 and the xbox one
0: Similar to Darien, I'd hoped for social features not just to be implemented to the UI but also the games, and for myself that vision was realised with all its flaws in Bungie's Destiny. This was a game that felt new and groundbreaking within the parameters of console gaming, get these moments of next-gen realisation are personalised, and I was curious to see what games had resonated with players on that next-gen scale.
3: Like I say, I got the Xbox One at launch and got Gears 4 as well, so just booting that up like I'd played Gears 3 and just I could feel the step up the controls felt smoother it looked better I just it just felt like a new game like it just felt like this was the the start of what was to come for that generation which was great
2: I'd say it was God of War first like for um consoles because I feel like it was only God of War and the Last of Us 2 that it's like in my mind ready if anyone ever asks me that question they're trying to like go for photorealism if that makes sense it is literally juicing, it's like getting every last drop out of the console. But that was
3: like, that was like, I say, it was the start. So, Final Fantasy 15 specifically was the game that I felt like, whoa, like this is like as far as we can go at the moment. The graphics, the gameplay, the interactions between the characters, the world like it was just, it was all massive. It was all just, it just felt like something I'd never played before. Final Fantasy 15 and like Dark Souls 3 is another example, were just the games that. Really brought everything that was possible with the tech and the hardware to like you know life with those with those consoles.
2: So it is the Last of Us 2. There's there's no game that I'd say hit every single point for me in terms of what makes a game good.
4: I Red Dead Redemption 2. It's just an unbelievable kind of work of art because. It's, it's like, it just feels like more than a game going across a landscape that looks like it's just everything, like it's meant to be there. So, like, you go past the side quest to somebody building the house. Ten hours later, you're doing another side quest. You see them building the house, you see them arguing, and then there's like another side mission. It just, I've never seen that in a game before. Like, at the end of it, you're just like, you're just frozen, you just don't even know what to do. All you want to do is just play it again. However,
0: sometimes the old ways are the best, and when I asked Ash which games embodied that next-gen experience for her, it was a remaster from a previous generation that caught her eye.
1: It's a really difficult one to answer. Um, I don't know if I ever like had a moment where I really felt like, we're living in the future, but for this one I thought about it a lot, and I'm gonna go with Grand Theft Auto 5. Love a platformer, and the simpler the better, and I like narrative as well. There's I played quite a lot of different things, but like for for me g t a five there was so much build up to that, I think I bought the p s four with that in the bundle, mm-hmm. so for me, it probably felt very much like this is the future because I was playing a new console at the same time. Everybody was talking about it. I remember talking to my friends about what happened in it and just like having a laugh because of how i mean it's obviously basically a satire of America, <laughs> and that was just like what the, the fun of it was and um, so weirdly for me that is what made me think like this is me in the next generation of gaming
0: so we've talked about what we expected from the games the games that stayed with us the most but a very integral question that was touched on earlier is that choice between xbox and playstation Brand loyalty is a very universal experience where whatever platform you choose, a form of protectiveness comes included. But this console war mentality has many influences, so when we coursed our way through the 8th generation, that question of Xbox or Playstation became all the more personal to the gamer. It's funny, I'm gonna tell you a little story now. We had like some steps
2: where me and the boys in in secondary school, or high school, used to um, used to chill out and I remember I was like the biggest Xbox fan. I was the biggest Xbox fan these times I was playing Halo and Gears like religiously like these were my games and um, anyone that tried to say anything I was just like what? what do you mean what? Xbox is the best man. Gears of War. war. And uh, I remember like me and the boys would, we were tearing each other apart. Like we were getting like super personal about console wars and as if like our dad's owned playstation and xbox like that's how that's how it felt like that's how serious it was getting
1: so i've been like a lifelong playstation player i had an X. Ex- Oh god, I don't even know what model it was. But about (laughs) 10 years ago, I had an Xbox. That was the only deviation in the timeline that ever went to Xbox and then almost immediately just went back to PlayStation.
3: I traded, actually traded my little cousin here in Xbox 360. I had a PS3 and we swapped because I was like, I kind of want the Xbox 360 uh, for the likes of Halo and Gears of War and stuff. Just because those console exclusives drew me in more than, you know, like... um, little big planet and stuff like that played the 360 for like the I don't know, like seven eight years that i did have it and then uh, immediately got an xbox one when it came out and i actually did the same thing again where i was kind of like uh well you know the exclusives aren't hooking me quite as much like i loved gears 4 so i kind of got a ps4 instead like i later bought one and was like this is this is what i feel comfortable at that these are the kind of games that i want to play
2: you go where your people are right you go where your friends are that's that that was i think That was one of the main things that sort of swayed me more to PlayStation. Fighting my friends about, oh my god, Xbox is the best in year seven, to then go into year 11. You know, I'm finishing high school now. I've got way different friends and those friends are playing on PlayStation. So, of course, I'm trying to fit in with my friends. Of course, I'm going to be on the system that my pals are on.
3: Yeah, like, everyone went from the 360 to the PS4, and I went straight to the Xbox One and, again, felt like, oh, damn, I'm missing out, so made the swap um, again, which I've stuck with, I've stuck with, so.
2: I went to the systems that had what I wanted, and that was it, really. In high school, I wasn't earning any money, but now I can actually control what I intake. I'm a big enough gamer to say that owning all, all of the systems is not a, it's not I I don't see it as, like, a waste.
3: Personally, I think it's just because whatever, like, uh, loyalty you've had to a brand. <laughs> you don't want people saying, "Oh, you've got that console. That's crap. Like this is way better." I used to be like that as well. I used to think that when I had a three hundred and sixty, that if you had a PS three, you were like, like it was, oh, you got a PS three. Unlucky it, mate. See now, looking at it, see, because I don't know if this is like something you can apply to everyone, but because I've got a PS four, an Xbox one, and a Switch, it's like I look at. I don't see consoles anymore. I like. I think it's pretty silly. You should look at the consoles as a whole and be like, okay, this one, uh, Microsoft get the EA pass and all that, which is pretty good if you're open to like all their their games. Uh, but then you look at the PS5 and it's like, okay, but there's all the exclusive games that you want to play. Like, why why slag one?
0: Brand loyalty is obviously an incredibly powerful influencer. Yet, progressively, a different platform has seen many gamers unplugging their consoles for a more personalised experience. This generation, like, I
2: feel like you wanted me to um, talk about, like, the more popular PlayStation and Sony titles and what happened with those. But um, for me, the generation is actually about transition. It's funny because the last seven years um,
4: is when I made the jump to PC. So I think it was three years ago I got PC. And then I think when one of my mates went over to PC, i kind of felt it was the time once you know
3: it's not as intimidating i know that's easy to say but if someone like if someone like me can kind of learn and understand the bits of the pc like when you need to upgrade like what you need to upgrade anyone can do it like you just need to take a wee bit of time to kind of learn
2: how to do that a lot of people like by default they still they still think about playstation sony and nintendo consoles when you when the topic of gaming is brought up but at the start of this generation no one spoke about pc gaming and it is amazing how much it's grown it's now in everyone's conversations for example my friendship group no i decided generation no one played on no one played on pc apart from me but now the majority of my friends we all play pc games together there's just more variety
3: pc gaming like it's hard to say uh, whether or not I prefer it because, I'll take Overwatch as an example again, I've been playing that on PC and I had played it on console for years. There's some characters that I'm really good at on console, there's some I can't play on PC and vice versa. Playing with a keyboard and mouse versus a controller, it's totally different, like, it's just, there is such a difference in it. And I'm not saying that I prefer one over the other, but see with certain things, like,
0: I just feel that like you can do more with a PC. As PC gaming has become increasingly popular, it created another divide as gamers had an additional platform to choose from. Approaching gaming, you now had to consider the social aspects, performance and brand exclusives when informing a choice. But as the generation has come to a close, a more inclusive element has risen.
2: Right at the end, the best thing to come out of this generation was games going cross-platform. One hundred billion percent. It silences a lot of what we spoke about earlier of console wars, It takes a lot from Microsoft and Sony to let that even happen.
3: You know how you can play some Microsoft games on the PC now? That's kind of bridged a gap. So rather than it's like Xbox versus PC, it's like, oh, we can both play these games and enjoy them. Like we can talk
2: about them. People need to understand that it's all business at the end of the day. It's not wise for them to make things that are cross-platform because it stops systems being sold. It's not wise for them. So I think that's one of the the best things to, to happen with this generation. And I never thought me and my friends back in the day this is what we spoke about We was like imagine if one day like playstation and xbox could could uh could play games together and then look now we can you go into a lobby and you see pc xbox playstation all just together hanging out like we've all been friends forever
0: getting to this point of cross play in a more inclusive environment for all gamers didn't come easily there have been many other elements that have been a thorn on the side of gamers and ostracized player bases so i wanted to know what grinded the gears of these gamers
3: Uh, I mean, where'd that begin?
0: I
2: feel like it went through its negatives with like developers going for like easy cash grabs with things like battle royales.
3: Pre-planned DLC is one of the worst things to come out of this generation.
2: Developers becoming really, really samey, literally just being sheep and and saying, oh my God, this company made this much money. Like PUBG following H1Z1, for example, and then Fortnite literally ditching their original idea and turning their game into a battle royale. Loot boxes.
1: Not a fan. In general, I don't like to own a lot of useless crap and I just feel that loot boxes only peddle stuff that you don't need or really have
4: any use for. Probably a mixture of kind of live service because I know FIFA started it with the whole loot box and stuff for players. so like Ultimate Team. For things like, like Division where Literally folk were just paying and they could just become untouchable but online in a dark zone. I think that got kinda irritating because people literally paying to be the best in the game.
3: A lot of the LCs now feel like, oh, that could have just been like a part of the game at launch. Whereas you're just the company's just saving it to then put it out and kinda get more money.
2: And then after Fortnite's like huge success, a trillion companies then tacking it on.
4: But I think now as it's kinda moved away from it's more about like skins and stuff, I don't think it's bothering me as much because if you're into it, you're into it. If not, you can just like you don't need to bother. So, a lot of things like skins, I don't think is much of a big issue, but
2: it had to go through that teething stage. But it did come out on the better side of things. If not, we wouldn't have Warzone, which is like when it comes to the pinnacle of a genre, Warzone is one of the best battle royals there is. But going through all the crap was worth it to get. A refined version.
1: It's an industry that does take a lot of your money in the first place as well, so I just feel like this is just a cash grab and it's just not of any value to anyone. But some people out there might love their loot boxes. Who knows?
0: It's has been a long seven years filled with a lot of ups, downs, setbacks, and progressions that truly prepared us for another gaming-filled generation. But as the sun sets on the PS4 and Xbox One era, it's nice to take a look back and consider what it means to us.
1: I think the more people that you've got engaged, the more people you can connect with is a is a positive. It feels like that sort of universal feel has come to as many consoles as possible. And obviously with like the Switch as well, not only like, okay, you can play anyone in the world, but you can actually divide that console up and play it with other people in the same house as you.
3: I think a lot about multiplayer experiences, like this generation has been like super, super good at not only because of the games that have released, but like just the amount of people that an example being Friday the Thirteenth, right? The game is a buggy mess, but that has got to be some of the best. Like, see when I think of the PS4 and I think of like the memories I've made on it, that's one. That's one of the best points. Like, I feel like we can always just kind of dip in and out of these games. Um, they're always like ready to be played.
4: But the last seven years, I don't know, it's been all oh, the socialising sort of for me came from like a PC. Over oh, literally the last four years, I've kind of ventured out and. I played a lot of different games. I started playing games like, like Armour, which really made a big difference to me because just the mass size and things you can do in Armour, you, you just couldn't do it anywhere else.
3: Consoles are becoming more accessible to the mainstream, like a lot more people are buying them. People that wouldn't even consider buying a console are buying a console, like, it's just, it's opened up, like, massively, so... I'm playing with people, like, you know, my girlfriend's got a console, so we play games together and stuff, and that's really cool, like, I, I think that's, like, a nice thing
1: you're not necessarily returning to the game because you expect the game to be different you're returning to the game because you are playing with a new set of people or even the same set of people but it could be a different like adventure that time other people are now part of the game the joy and fun of it is like having a laugh about what happens this time when you all um, play together for me i think that's the focus i think other users generating that experience for you rather than just relying on the game to do that for you itself
2: i'll say it and i've said it a million times that gaming is the biggest entertainment industry in the world it is the biggest entertainment industry in the world it passed films long time ago there's so many jobs here there's so there's so much entertainment value like the biggest youtubers are the majority of them are gamers why is that that one of the biggest entertainment platforms is twitch why is that because gaming's lit man gaming's fun it's cool to be a gamer now look how many people are are gaming now why am i seeing musicians talking about oh yeah i'm gonna do a twitch stream why am i seeing politicians coming on and doing twitch streams something's happening and there's a shift happening because gaming's cool now man
0: it's not the same as it used to be Anyway. Sorry, that got me fired up. <laughs> Regardless of where you stand as the transition from one generation to the next begins, it's important to take a step back and breathe in, appreciating everything that gaming has done, everything that gaming has become over the last generation. Project that to a brighter future as gaming brings us together, forms new relationships, creates unforgettable experiences, and becomes a part of our lives in a hugely irreplaceable way. So whatever you played on, whether that be Switch, PlayStation, Xbox or PC and whatever you're going to play on, I want to say thank you to all the gamers for being there for that experience and thank you to these platforms for creating a space in which we feel free to explore distant worlds, assume the lives of unique avatars and live our lives in ways we could have never imagined. Thank you and remember to keep playing. This has been Talking Games with Bane and I'll see you in the next gen.